Look here in First Peter chapter two this morning, and uh, I got a message on my heart, and going to give it to you, and then we'll go along our way. But I appreciate the Lord, appreciate the good singing, the Spirit of God, and um, appreciate church. I like being in church. Um, I really do, and um, I believe when you get saved, the Lord changes your desires, and you'll have a desire to be in God's house and to be around God's people. And um, I understand there takes there's a discipleship and teaching and training is needed, but there will be a desire, I believe, uh, to be in God's house and be with God's people. But let's look here, and you don't have to agree with that if you don't want to. But but I, that's I believe the Bible teaches that. In fact, here in verse, we'll just go ahead and read so I can show you here. The Bible says in verse two, First Peter chapter two, as newborn babes desire. You don't have to teach a baby to desire milk. It says, as, in fact, the first thing they want to do when they're born is they want to feed. And it says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word that they may grow thereby, if so be that ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a lively living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. That word confounded, I'm just going to give you this and, and we'll move along. Um, the, it means disappointed. Confounded is when you dream that you got, you know, a, a $10 million inheritance and you wake up and you realize your parents are broke. You know, uh, confound, that's literally what it means. It's con, to be confounded is to dream or to hope for something. It's like when you go on vacation and you've got these ideas of what it's going to be like, you know, and it's going to be relaxing and rest and everybody's going to get along, no fighting. The kids are going to be wonderful, you know, and they're going to say, yes, sir, no, no crying. Your wife's not going to ask to stop every five minutes on the way down there to use the restroom. And you got all that. That's what you're thinking. And then you get in the car. Yeah. <laughs> that's called confounded. But praise God, the Bible says that those that believe on Jesus will not be confounded. What he's saying is, this world will confound you. Uh, life is confounding at times, but Jesus never disappoints. And He never lets you down. But verse number 7, Unto you therefore which believe, here it is, He is precious. Let's pray. Father, I ask you to help me now this morning. I thank you for the Spirit of God. Lord, how He's moved amongst us and Lord, in my own heart. Lord, I pray that You take this very simple message, Lord, about our Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray You bless it, Lord. There's no greater subject I could preach upon this morning than the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I know that He is Your chosen stone. He is Your chosen Lamb. And Father, I pray that if there's one here today that's not chosen Him as theirs, I pray this morning, Lord, that they would choose Him that they come to Him by faith and be saved so they too could be made alive and be made a new creature in Christ. And I pray, Lord, for those that are here, that are saved, that are in your house this morning, I pray that our hearts would be fed and stirred. And Lord, I pray that You'd help us to be more thankful for all that Jesus is to us. 
Lord, so many times in life, Lord, we think about the things that we don't have and the things that we're missing out on. But I pray this morning that we'd realize what a treasure we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father God, I know that some have a harder way than others. And Lord, their life is full of trouble and trials and tribulation. But Lord, the poorest saint, the poorest child of God is richer than Lord, the richest man that doesn't know Jesus. Lord, I love you today and I pray you to help me now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Peter says this in verse number 7. He is precious. And this morning for a little while, I just want to preach on this thought. Jesus is precious to me. You know, Peter, as I've said before, is a very interesting man to study. But when you read First and Second Peter, you'll find something about him. That God changed him. Um, you remember when Jesus told Peter in uh, first, uh, Luke chapter, I believe it's 22, Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired you that he may sift you as wheat. He says, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And he said, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. First Peter, we find him strengthening the brethren. Of all the New Testament epistles, the book of First Peter is the most comforting of all. The book, the book of First Peter was written for trials and temptation for believers that were suffering and believers that were dealing with trouble in their life. And God chose Peter because Peter had learned one thing in his life, that Jesus is precious. This morning, did you know that the greatest litmus test of your conversion is this? Is Jesus precious to you? You saw up with Brother Martin. I thought it was, do I, did I, do I dress a certain way? Or did I quit drinking or quit smoking or quit chewing or quit cussing? Or I thought it was I, I joined the church and I got baptized and, and I did all those things. No, that's not the real test. Because I can tell you people that don't drink, that don't smoke, that don't cuss, that don't chew, that don't run around, that go to church, that have been baptized, that do all those things, and Jesus don't mean nothing to them. It ain't about Jesus for them. They don't come to church for Him. They come to be a part of the club. They come to be in the, the group. They come for recognition. They come, they love because why? They want the preeminence. They want the recognition. Uh, but this morning, I wonder if we were to take stock uh, in your life and I were to ask you to give me uh, what is precious to you. Would Jesus be on the list? Everybody's, oh yeah, Jesus. But, 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 but actions speak louder than words. I want you to know this morning when I die, I hope there's one thing that everybody knows that Jesus was precious to me. I, I, I pray, Brother David, they may not remember, they may not, I, I don't want to be known for anything but this, Jesus was precious to him. Does your parent, do your parents' children know that Jesus is precious to you? Do your parents, do your children know that Jesus is precious to you? 
Sunday school teachers, do the ones that are in your class, do they know that Jesus is precious to you? In fact, this word precious, Peter was a rough man. He was a tough man. He was a strong man. But in the latter years of his life, you know, he was a rock. That's what Jesus said. That, Peter, that means rock. Uh, but he said, a little rock. And then he says, but upon this rock, talking about himself, Peter, Peter uh, was a hard man. He was a tough man. But through life and troubles and trials, as an old man, he's been weathered by the storm. It's like when you see an old painting that has sat on a wall for years and years. What happens to it? It begins to dim. It begins to fade. And now Peter's not some hard, tough-nosed man. But God, through His grace, has softened him. And He says, I want everybody to know something. I may have denied Him at Calvary, but through life, I want everybody to know He is precious to me. Thank God that God gives us a second chance. Amen. I'm glad the story don't end with Peter cussing and denying the Lord. But as an old man now with a wrinkled brow and gray hair and life is coming near, he knew. In fact, he knew you can read out. I mean, not going, but he told them in these epistles that I'm going to die. He says, it's been showed me my time's here. And as they hung him upside down and crucified him, I don't believe anybody doubted whether Jesus was precious to him. If Jesus isn't precious to me, then perhaps I've never known him. Because those who have known him all have the same thing to say. He is precious to me. That word precious, it means valuable. How valuable is Jesus? It means rare. It's used to talk about gold and, and, and we talk about there's precious metals. What that means is they're not common. You just can't find them anywhere. You just can't. You understand when I was a, a young boy, we had the Pendergrass flea market. That was, I mean, it was awesome. You could buy a pair of Oakleys there for $10. Man, Brother Justin, we thought this is unreal. All of us had Oakleys. Every boy on the, we all had Oakleys. But one, the first time we wore them out there playing ball and we got to sweating that O, it, it turned into a C. Somebody took white out and drew the O. But you know what they were? They were Folkleys. They were fake. They weren't precious. You understand? I want you to know this morning that Jesus is precious. And I want you to look here. I'm going to be quick because last week I kept until supper time. But look back at verse number 7. I want to say this. Jesus is precious because He is a friend that is always present. Amen. Verse 7 of chapter 1. That the trial of your faith be much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found under the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Remember what Jesus asked Simon? He said, Simon, lovest thou me? He says, whom what we love, and whom though we, thou you see him not, yet believe and you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. 
This morning, I want to say, and uh, <laughs> this happens every Sunday, it seems like we're going to get back to Revelations eventually, but I'm not even going to try to preach this whole message right now. But I want to, I want to focus for just five, ten minutes on this thought. He is precious because he is a friend that is always present. Psalm Solomon said in Proverbs 18:24, a man that hath friends must show himself friend. I'm gonna help you with something. If you want more friends, guess what you gotta do? You gotta be more friendly. People, it's funny, people come in church five minutes late and leave five minutes early and leave and say, nobody wants to have nothing to do with me over there. I, I just don't feel like they love. You understand? A friend that a man that has friends. It's funny how that works. The friendlier you are, the more friends you'll have. Now Solomon had a lot of acquaintances. Everybody wanted to have his uh, company. Everybody wanted to have his attention. He says this though, but there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Amen. I want to say this morning, he's precious to me because he's been a friend to me when I wasn't a friend to him. He's been kind to me when I wasn't kind to him. When I've tried to leave him, he wouldn't, he wouldn't leave me. Amen. Oh, listen, this morning he is precious because that he is a friend that is always present. Peter said these fiery trials are coming. He said, don't worry because you've got a friend that is present. I thought about this. He's a friend in all of our trials. He said in verse 7 that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth though it be tried with fire might be found in the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. You know, a, a, a real friend, now a real friend will be with you in trials. And by the way, if a friendship cannot be tried, then it was never a friendship to begin with. And there's a lot of people who will be your friend as long as everything's good and as long as they can benefit from your friendship and your company. But aren't you glad that Jesus is a friend that is with us in all of our trials? And, and you know something about this friend Jesus I'm talking about? The more trials. He said that our trial of our faith is more precious than that of gold. Uh, listen, what he is saying is uh, when they try gold, they put it in the fire and they find out how good it is and what it's made of and what uh, if it's real or not. He says that that's just for something that's temporary. He said, but the trials of your faith uh, that you go through are more precious than gold uh, because they're not going to give us some uh, temporary reward. Uh, but there's eternal reward uh, that the trial of our faith is going to bring honor and praise and glory to Jesus Christ. You know, when Kim and I first got married, we loved each other and we were friends. But you know that now 16 almost years later, I got it right, we're much better friends now. Much better friends now. And... Uh, and the reason is, is because she's been present with me and I've been present with her through fiery trials. And that's the way our relationship with the Lord, it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Each trial, the, the old song said, 
says, each trial overcome adds strength to my soul. And listen this morning, Jesus is a friend that's present in all of our trials. And listen, you don't have to worry if you're going to have to go through a trial alone. He'll go with you through everyone. He ought to be precious to us. He's a friend. He can be tried. But a friend, not only that, verse 8, whom having not seen, you love. And whom though you, now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. He is a precious friend because of this. He is a friend that can be trusted. He said, having not seen, yet believing. Now, I want to tell you this. A real friend, you can not see them for 10 years. But if you see them, it's like, you, it's like it, nothing ever happened. I promise you right now, I wish y'all pray for a man. His name's Tony Sikowski. He's a Polak. And uh, he is in ICU in Northeast Georgia Medical Center. He's got stage four pancreatic cancer. They've got in, he's got infection in him. He's only probably 50, 55 years old. And uh, he's, he's got infection. They can't give him chemo. And if God don't work a miracle, he's going to die. I want to say something about Tony Sikowski. He was a friend to me when I was a teenage boy. When I got right with God, I got in church. I turned my back on the world and all those friends I had. And in a time in my life where I desperately needed some friends, he was a friend. He took us deer hunting. We'd go over to him and his wife's house every Sunday night after church and eat, eat Rotel. That's where I first met Rotel, old sister Rotel. Amen. And she's been a friend too for all my, anyway. And we'd eat Rotel and, and play Uno and, and Blackjack. No, I'm just kidding. We wouldn't play Blackjack. But, but, and, and Tony would take us deer hunting and take us fishing. And, and I've not seen him in 16 years now. I just found out yesterday about his cancer and how he's, he's really in bad shape. But, Brother David, I know this, and if I were to go right now out to Northeast Georgia Medical Center and find him in the ICU about to die, and I said, Tony, I'm in need. I, I've got a problem. Can you help me? I, I've got no doubt in my mind. That he'd get up off of that bed if he could, and he'd help me in any way. We know why. He is a real friend. A real friend can be trusted. You don't have to talk to him every day. And listen, and by the way, if I've learned this as a pastor, if you've got to call a church member every day to keep them happy, they're not a real church member. Amen. Amen. A real friend, you don't have to call them every time they got a birthday, anniversary. Uh, you know, you ain't got a, a retirement celebrate. You ain't got to call them. Oh, uh, hey, I just want to tell you, I remember this is the day you graduated kindergarten. Just want to tell you, I, I, I preach, I'm proud of you. And then call back, you know, uh, hey, I remember this is the, this is the anniversary of when you went on your first day with old Susie Jones. I remember that. Uh, hey, I just want to call you and tell you, I remember this is the first day you, you, you started your first game you ever pitched a back. Oh, you 
you a real friend, you ain't, I'm not saying you don't need to call, hey, but I'm saying the Bible says hey, that we see him not. We see him not. It's been 2,000 years hey, since anybody laid their eyes on the lovely Lamb of God. I don't care what old what's his name out there Oral Roberts said. He didn't see no 700 foot Jesus. He saw an opportunity to get rich off the pockets of people in church. That's what he saw. But I'm telling you, it's been 2,000 years hey, since the eyes of man have laid upon the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want you to know he's still a friend right now that can be trusted. You can trust him. You can trust him. Look what it says in verse 8. You love. You believe. You rejoice. That's the dividends of being the friend of Jesus. There's love. There's love. There's faith. And there's joy. You know that what Paul say? 1 Corinthians 13, that great chapter on charity. He says, he says these about faith, hope, and charity. That's what he says right here. That the dividends of our, our uh, friendship is this. There's love. There's faith. There's belief. And there's joy. Oh, listen, the, the, my friendship with Jesus has brought me great joy. <laughs> Amen? Oh, listen, I've had, I've had so much joy in my life, so much that I could talk about and uh, so much that I could tell about of all the joyful things that He's brought to my life. But I want you to know it, it all goes back to the fact that at one day as a 16-year-old boy, I entered into an eternal relationship with Him. He became my Savior and my Lord and my God. And listen, ever since then, He's brought joy, love, and hope. Amen. He's a friend that can be trusted. You know, the longer you live, the harder it is to trust people. It is. But you don't have to worry about that because he's a friend that can be trusted. Now look in verse 9 and I'm done. Jesus is precious. Is he precious to you? You say, oh, he's my friend. Really? Is there any joy? Is there any faith? Is there any love? Everybody wants to claim to be his friend. But I'm afraid that most that claim to know Him, they only are wishing or hoping to know Him. It's like this. There is a difference. There's many people that admired this stone that, that, that Peter's talking about. They say, oh, it's nice. It's, but there's, there's only a few that have actually entered into a relationship with that stone. He is a friend that can be tried. He is a friend that can be trusted. Verse 9, he says this, receiving the end, the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Look real quick back to Romans chapter 6. This is a companion verse to that verse we just read. Romans chapter 6 and verse number 22. But now, being made free from sin and become servants to God, Ye have your fruit unto holiness. Here it is. And the end. Everlasting life. First Peter, he says, receiving the end. The end. 
The Bible says this in John chapter number 13 and verse 1, that He loved them unto the end. You know what makes Jesus such a good friend? He's a friend that can be tried. He's a friend that can be trusted. But I want to say this, He's a friend that is always true. He's true until the end. No, listen, I, I wish I could, I could... In fact, there were so many, there were so many preachers that, that started out preaching at our church when I was at Harmony Street. These preachers, y'all think, oh, we had about 25 of us that were called to preach within about 24 months' time, so-called so called to preach. And, 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 and we, had, we all, we were, I mean, we was tight, you know. We, we went fishing together. We did everything together. We went street preaching together. Went to the prison together. Not charged, but went, we went to preach there at the prison together. A few of them have gone to prison the other way since then. But anyhow, but Brother David, t- today, there's only two or three of them that I can even call and have a conversation with. But I want to say Jesus is true to the end. To the end. You ever watch one of them old cartoons or Bugs Bunny or one of them and at the end it pops up and says, the end. You know what that means? It's over. It's over. But what we read here in chapter 1 verse 9 and the companion verse in Romans chapter 6 and verse 22, here's what it's saying. The, the end, when we get to the end, this friendship that we have with Jesus Christ... When we get to the end, he's talking about the end of our life, our friendship has not, is not over, it's just beginning. Amen. He said everlasting life. And what I'm saying is that uh, Jesus is precious because He is a friend that's present. He is a true friend. You say, Brother James, I don't know if I have a true friend. If you know Jesus, you've got a true friend. Hey, listen, you can count on Him. You can depend on Him. You can call on Him. And listen, He's there for you always at all times. You don't have to be something to impress Him. You don't have to, you don't have to show out and show off to keep Him as your friend. But He'll be your friend to and through the end. And because of that, He's precious. He's precious.